Hey, this is Joe Butler. This is with my podcast, Fuel to Thrive, which is a podcast all about running, nutrition, and motherhood. Today, I'm going to share a little bit about my story um, and a little bit about what probably people don't know about is that I will have taken about three years off from competitive running. Now, some of this was planned and some of this was not, but I'm going to go into details today about my story and why I think this can be so powerful for so many other athletes out there, Um, specifically people who have been struggling with a lot of health issues or injuries and how it's affected my life. So I'm going to get started. So, welcome. If you don't know me, I have a background in sports nutrition and hormones, specifically how to fuel for hormones, um, as well as kinesiology. I'm an elite runner for Wazelle. I had an OTQ, so an Olympic trials qualifier, in the marathon for 2020. And hopefully, after I have my baby girl... um, This coming July or August, I will be training for the 2024 Olympic trials. And I'm super excited for that, but it's also been a journey that I have not expected. Um, So, you know, I've shared on this podcast a little bit about my background as amenorrhea. If you don't know that, um, I struggled for 11 years with amenorrhea. So that means I basically didn't have a period for 11 years. Now, I will say I'm a little different than some women where I had some irregular periods within that 11-year period where maybe I had one or two a year, um, maybe three. (laughs) Um, But a lot of that was, you know, off. And my, I, you know, being honest, I just didn't have a regular period for over 11 years. And that started about my senior year of high school and into, honestly, my late 20s till recently, last couple years. And now I'm expecting mama. So I'm so excited for that. Um, And to be honest, you know, my husband and I have talked about this before, but I really never expected to be able to get pregnant, Um, especially on our first try. Like, obviously, that's a blessing. And I want to iterate that. Like, that's not everyone's story. Some of that is out of your control. And I totally recognize that. Like, that is a gift and a blessing um, from God. And I feel blessed. But I also know a lot of hard work was put in in order for me to get a regular period back and even give me the opportunity to become a mom. Um, So that was just a huge monumental thing in my life. And, you know, I just... I'm here today to just share a little bit about my story and how important I think it is that we focus on these things. So I went 11 years without a period, or at least a consistent one, and it was something like I got very used to. It's something that was just kind of a normal part of life. I was a competitive athlete, competitive runner my entire life. Um, I did struggle with eating disorders for about six years, um, my beginning in my last year of high school and really diverged, um, or divulged in college and grew pretty significantly during that time. And it was probably around 2017 that I really started healing, um, and overcoming my eating disorders. Um, and I say disorders because I kind of swung through a pendulum of stuff where I struggled with, um, anorexia, and it kind of moved into orthorexia later. So if you don't know the difference, anorexia is just straight up starving yourself. Orthorexia is 
you know, being really restrictive with the foods that you eat often, which leads to underfueling. And um, it really hit hard for me, like just a little bit of my backstory. When I was a senior in college and I had stopped like just straight up not eating meals, like skipping meals and all of that. Um, but I remember going to Chick-fil-A, which <laughs> I was in the South, friends. So Chick-fil-A was the place to go. And what I wanted was a bagel, egg, and cheese sandwich. And I wanted the grilled chicken. I didn't even want the fried chicken. And I literally sat in the drive-thru and like thought about it as I was pulling up. Like That's what I want. I'm going to order that. And I get there and I couldn't order it. I just couldn't force myself to do that. I ended up ordering oatmeal because that's what I always ate, a super restrictive diet. Um, and I was obsessed. I mean, literally obsessed with everything I put in my body. It was really <laughs> a sad time in my life. And I, um, you know, if you're sensitive to that, if you're going through that, man, I can relate. I pray and hope that you can overcome that. But when I was there, I, that was like this breaking moment where I left the drive-thru and sat in the car and just started crying because I felt so out of control. Um, and it was really just devastating because I was like, here, I just wanted <laughs> a little heartier meal, something that was not, um, oh dear, whoops, sorry about that. Something that was not unhealthy, but something that was outside my norm and something that felt a little like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be eating this. And I like in that moment, I knew I'm like, okay, this is just totally outside of my control. And I have lost control of the willpower to like fuel my body. And, um, you know, I started like talking more about it. I started getting more help. Um, and it wasn't really till we moved to Miami that I got into counseling after I overdosed, which that's a whole story, which if you listen to our first podcast, I talk all about this. Um, but you know, it was, it was a super challenging time, you know, and I was figuring things out and I got help and I healed. And within, you know, once we moved to Miami, we were there a couple of years and I, you know, started going to counseling. A lot of my, um, food issues were more derived from my anxiety and depression, especially my anxiety, my need for control, because I was a very, I really struggled with anxiety. And so that was kind of how my anxiety manifested itself. So for me, learning to control my anxiety was a super helpful thing. I will say it's not that way for everyone. A lot of people, you know, it's just so deeply um, involved where, you know, you have to go deeper. And hopefully in my um career down the road that I will be certified as a mental health counselor working specifically with eating disorders. But till that point, um, you know, I love helping people with disordered eating and sharing my story. And, you know, around 2017, I started educating myself. Um, I was a nutrition minor in college, but then I was like, I want to learn more about sports nutrition because it's so different. Like I learned about nutrition for the general population of America, which let's be honest, America does not have a good diet as a whole. Um, we go to extremes, right? We eat whatever we want, or we go to the dieting route. If you lived in the nineties and early two thousands, diets were the thing. Um, Atkins, South beach, whatever it would be. That's the world I grew up in. So dieting was just what you did. And I was like, that's not how this works for athletes. Also, this is not how it works for the general population, but you know, um, 
I was like, I really want to learn. And it was really empowering to me because around that time is when I started training for my first marathon. I was running um, Philadelphia, trying to get a BQ, so a Boston qualifier. And, you know, that was actually like a beautiful redemptive part of my process is like, as I started to train, I realized I had to eat more. However, um, you know, the problem for me is I'm an extremist. I'm also a pusher. So I was getting healthier and I was eating and eating well, but still struggling with like eating quite enough for the activity of which I was doing. Like I got up to 100 miles a week in Miami, which if you're in Miami and you're running 100 miles a week, you know it's going to be hard because it was hot. Um, and so even things like hydration I struggled with, which can affect your period as well. But, um, you know, this kept going. We moved to Portland in 2019, almost 2020 before the pandemic. I was training for the Olympic trials at that point. And at that point, I'd become just highly competitive in the sport where I was going for about a 233 marathon. I was getting excited that I was like, I'm getting super fit. Um, and we were also in a very like stressful transition time. And so it just became like my coping mechanism, honestly, was like to run and like put all my energy and effort into that basket. And the truth is my body was like super stressed from the move. Our marriage was kind of in a rough place um, just because we had been through a lot of drama in Miami and just a lot of like hurt. And then as we transitioned out of that, it was like, whoa, we're feeling all of this. Now we're in a new city where we don't know anyone. Joe's training for the Olympic trials in the midst of this. I was struggling with sciatica, um, like severe sciatica. And like in the midst of that, I just kept digging into running. And in the midst of that, like I'm one of those people, which a lot of people probably relate to this. When I get stressed, my appetite is suppressed. And so that's super common. That's super normal. That does not mean you have an eating disorder. That just means you're human and that's how your body responds. Um, super important to be aware of that though, because that can have huge effects on your body. And in some ways it's a little more dangerous than stress eating because under fueling and high performance, especially, man, that's just a bad mix. And so during that time, I was just like, I couldn't repair my period. And when my husband and I, you know, we started talking, we're like, okay, we're almost 30. We're thinking about kids really. And this was like the first time in my life where I was like, actually like, okay, I think I actually want to be a mom other than just an adopted, adoptive mom. Like I always knew I wanted to adopt, but at this point I was like, I think I want to try to have that experience. I want to try to carry my own kid. Um, and in this time it was, I kind of had a choice to make. I was like, I've gone 10, almost 11 years. I've gone, yeah, at that point it was like 11 years without a period. And I was like, if we want to try to have kids, I'm like, I'm basically 30. It's not going to get any easier from this point. I have to make a decision now to like heal. And, you know, I came from a season of overtraining. My body was just inflamed. We're now undernourished and just so, so much was going on and my body was just shutting down. And I don't think we talk about this a lot. So like I hear this all the time with the athletes I work with, but also with my own personal experience and even with other elite athletes that I've seen that hit this phase of I've been grinding, 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 and I haven't really taken time to rest and recover and like heal my body. I've just been in this grind mode all the time because I want to be the best athlete I can be. And 
you know, we got there and it was just, I got to this point, I'm like, I cannot keep grinding and expect my body to improve and expect my health to improve. So 2021 came around and I decided to repair my period. I'm like, I know what to do. I've studied this stuff. I'm going to study even more about hormones and understand the female reproductive system better because I want to understand how to help more women who are going through this. And I just spent a year literally diving in to female hormonal health and applied it to myself. (laughs) And it was really fun. It was actually really cool to see my knowledge at work and like see how it affected myself. But this meant basically 2021 came and I cut back my mileage. I wasn't training as hard. I took time off. Yeah, I was resting more than I'd ever rested before because I'm like, I know this has to change. I started changing my diet to eat more high fat foods, continue eating high amounts of carbs to eat more consistently throughout the day. I was just doing all these steps to improve my period, reduce my stress, increase calories, run less, you know, the whole shebang. Like I take all my athletes through this, these steps and, you know, basically what happened is my body just had shut down at that point. By the time 2021 rolled around, it was like either I keep running my body into the ground and don't heal, or I take some time off essentially heal my body and try to get back to this running. And well, you know, of course, things don't go to plan. I was expecting, yeah, I'll take some like three or four months down. Then I'll start training, get in another marathon. I'll just get my period back, get it regular. My period came back. It came back pretty quickly after I made these changes. Like within, you know, you know, I I had had basically a regular period all throughout 2021. Um, I maybe missed one or two, like one in January as I was just starting. And I think once in April, and I think that was highly stress related. Um, but then the rest of the year, it was like, every 28 days. It was awesome. I was like, whoa, this is the first time in my life I've ever experienced this. Like, I'm not kidding. Ever in my life that I've experienced a regular menstrual cycle. And, you know, I did start building back my mileage that I was eating a ton. I was making sure I was sleeping well. I was doing all the things that I had practiced to get myself to that point. However, my body was still revolting. Like, um, I was still really struggling with the sciatica. I'd finally found an acupuncturist that helped. So if you have sciatica, go to an acupuncturist. It's super helpful. Um, That was the one thing that really helped me find actual relief, not just temporary relief, Um, where I've been surprised even throughout pregnancy. I haven't really struggled with it, which is super common. Um, But, you know, I was just like, okay, I'm going to train for CIM. I'm going to go for PR. And I started training and my body was ticked. It was just like, I was running 60, 70 miles a week. And it was like, (laughs) I don't want to do this. What are you talking about? Like go for a 20 mile run. What is that? Like I went for one 20 mile run in between, I think, well, at least in 2021, only one, nothing longer than that. And it was a really fun run, but it wasn't hard. Thresholds were just awful. I felt awful. And, you know, I kind of came to this point in my life where I was like, wow, like, I kind of beat up my body, malnourished it, kind of abused it essentially for 11 years, 11 years of my life. Even though during that time I had recovered from my eating disorder, during that time I got an OTQ, during that time, you know, I saw huge advancements in my fitness and a lot of things had improved after overcoming my eating disorders and being on that eating disorder recovery train. 
But just because you're over an eating disorder doesn't mean you still don't struggle with things and doesn't mean your body is perfect. Like this is the most common thing I see for a lot of women who have overcome eating disorders that even afterwards they still struggle hormonally. Like their body is still catching up, especially if they want to stay active. And I think it's very easy for us in those settings to continue to push. We're like, oh, well, now I'm finally fueling. So now I can do more physically, which is awesome. And there's some truth to that. But you also have to remember like other things matter, like your period and making sure your whole health is there, not just your mind and not just like, okay, you're eating enough to support your body's functions and get yourself healthy enough to like actually start thriving a little bit. Um, But if you're not having a regular period, you know, your body's stressed, your body's telling you like, Hey, something's not right. You're not eating enough or you're not recovering well. Um, you're not getting enough sleep. Yeah. There's the whole shebang. Like there's so many reasons, but basically your body is saying, Hey, I'm not, I'm not getting what I need. Um, I need more. (laughs) And so basically 2021 came around and I focused on my period, got it back, started seeing huge gains and yet my body was still not ready to compete. And so by the time CIM started getting closer and closer and closer, six weeks out, I got to the point where I'm just like, I can't do this. I just like, my body does not want to run a marathon right now. It just doesn't want to compete. And hear me out. Like, I think there are times it's really beautiful to see athletes push, even when they're not in their top shape, to see them come back and, you know, push even when it's hard and just be like, hey, this isn't going to be my best race, but I got out here and did it. And then there are other times when I think it's so important that we say, hey, we need to hit pause. Um, And for me, that moment was like just the reality of like, my body is still not where it needs to be in order to run and compete. And so I was just like, I think I need some rest. I've worked hard these last four months, now four or five months, now it's time to heal and recover again and like continue down that process. And it was around that time that I was like, you know what, if that's the case, I think I want to try to be a mom now. And it was (laughs) crazy because honestly, like I got, you know, my plan was to go to CIM. I was going to help pace my friend for like the first half. And, you know, we're like, we're going to start to try to have a kid, you know, maybe within six months, a year. And then if things aren't happening, you know, maybe we'll just be like, okay, we'll take a break and try again later. Um, but you know, for me, it was like, okay, well the plan is to go to CIM and help pace her at least. And then who cares? You know, then I'll just drop and go cheer. (laughs) And while it was literally right at that time, because it was around, I want to say six weeks that I, um, backed out from CIM, like eight to six weeks, somewhere in there. And then literally we get to CIM and I'm six weeks pregnant. And so <laughs> I got there and ran five miles at a six minute pace and it was great. Um, and got to pace her, but then I was like, I'm tired. Um, and winded. Oh my gosh. It takes a lot out of you physically. Um, and it was just this another, and I, I came into that mindset of like, okay, well, if we get pregnant, I'm going to just do shorter stuff. I won't do the long stuff. I'll get fast and strong. <laughs> and it just was like, nope, you are going to take some downtime more, like just more and more downtime. And so basically like I stayed pretty active for the first like four months, three and a half, four months. And then I just got to the point in the last like month and a half, I've just been like, I'm tired. <laughs> I can't do anything. So running once or twice a week, if I feel good, three or four miles, you know, depending on how I feel. And it was just this reminder of like rest rest, rest, rest. If I like had 11 years of beating my body up, essentially demanding so much from it, 
Um, then how can I expect it to just come back in like six months to a year? It just bounced back. And it was just this realization that like we as a culture, but also specifically as like high achievers, as athletes, we're constantly pushing ourselves and we don't prioritize things like rest and time off and say like, hey, it's actually okay to take a break. And I think for many athletes and even what I feared going into this was like, okay, well, if I'm not training during pregnancy, that means it's going to be like three years since I've competed in last race. Like my last race was in 2020, at the beginning of 2020 at the Olympic trials. I didn't even finish that race. And my next race will not be till 2023, probably mid 2023. That's three and a half years without competing. And that's never what I imagined. And it's never like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've had three and a half years off essentially. Like one of those years I was in tip-top shape and thought I would be, you know, actually running at the Olympic trials and the track trials, but my body wouldn't cooperate. And I didn't actually have races to go race. So that couldn't happen. And it was just like this reminder more and more and more again, like you still need rest. You still need to recover. And it kind of hit me where I was like, so essentially I'm taking like a three, three and a half year sabbatical from running. But I think the important part for me at this point has been it's a sabbatical. It's not retirement. And I think so often as athletes, we go from either extreme, right? Like either we're all in or we're all out. There's like no middle ground. There's no like hit pause. And we're seeing more and more, again, we see women coming back stronger after birth or after extended times off of competing. And they're actually coming back stronger and healthier than ever because their body has time, has had time to do what it needs to do. It's had time to recover and heal. And now it's ready to perform again. Like, look at Kira Diamato. She's crushing it, set the American record in the marathon. And she took almost eight years off competing. That's amazing. Like, that's amazing. I feel like she just popped out of nowhere. And I was like, wow, this is so inspiring. And I think for me, I had this recollection of like, wow, we need to encourage this more. Like, this needs to be like a part of our culture in the running world. Like, if people want to take breaks, they should be able to take breaks and not just like six month breaks, like extended, like a year, two, three years off, maybe more if they need it to either build a family or just let their bodies heal. Like just like any other thing, like you need time off, right? Like often people have sabbaticals from their career and this, that's how I'm viewing this. It's just a like sabbatical from running competitively. That doesn't mean I'm totally giving up running or I haven't done anything active, but I'm giving my body a chance to actually heal and do what it needs to do. You know, like I'm not going to push my body. Like that's been my biggest thing even during pregnancy has been like, you have no reason to push Joe. You have no reason to go. Like I'm not going to get in peak to top shape right now. My body's working so hard to grow another human. Also like, where's that pressure coming from? I'm not going to compete for at least another year from now. And I'm six months pregnant. Like there's no way I'm going to compete in the next six months. So like, why am I going to put that pressure on myself? And that doesn't mean you can't be active during pregnancy or run, whatever. But I'm just saying like, for me, I think it's really been a time to say like, you need rest. You need to take care of your body. You need your body to just function well because you spent so many years beating it up. Now it needs to heal and it's not going to heal 
overnight. And, you know, if you are out there in this season of like, hey, either you want to be a mother and you're like, I just really want to take time off. Or, you know, maybe you're someone who's just like, honestly, Joe, I've been beat up for the past 10 years, whatever it's been. And my body hates me. And I can't, I can't seem to get out the door and actually feel good on a run. I don't know what that feels like anymore. Take a break. It's okay. It's not now. You know, I've said this before. Not now does not mean not ever. And I think we need to recalibrate that into our world and into the athletic world, especially that just because you're not achieving your goals right now, just because you may not even be working towards them and what you feel like is working towards them, taking a break is okay. And in some ways, it is the best thing you can do because I know personally for me, I'm going to come back stronger than ever because this is going to be the healthiest I've ever been in my life literally the healthiest I've ever been. My hormones are going to be more in in check. Everything else is going to be functioning better because of that. I'm going to know how to feel good and how much I need to fuel when I run. Like, I love it (laughs) partially in pregnancy because I'm like, I can't go more than like three or four hours without eating. Otherwise, I just like feel really bad. Um, And I'm like, oh, this is so good for like, this is what I need to be doing for marathon training. So (laughs) this is just good practice not to go six hours without eating, Um, which if you are a runner, you should not go six hours without eating. I'm just telling you that (laughs) Uh, you need to be eating more than that. Um, But like, it was just this like, aha moment of like, give yourself permission to take time off. And so, you know, as I'm talking about this, I think one of the big things I want to encourage people to do is just to take a moment to hit pause, see what you actually need right now. Um, stress even outside the physical realm. Like if your family life is crazy right now, maybe you need a break. Like maybe running is actually not helping you. Um, yes, activity can be great for our minds and help us see stress, but if it's just another stressor on your body, that's already stress. It's not that helpful. Like you should be taking it easier. You should be slowing down. The intensity of your exercise should not be as high. So Again, if you are out there struggling with this right now and you are in a moment and you feel like, I feel like this break or this pause is just like setting me back further and further and further, I want to tell you that is not the case. Like, if anything, taking time to rest and let your body heal, whether that's from a physical injury, that's from a hormonal standpoint, that's from an emotional or mental standpoint, if anything, you're doing your body the best thing. And it may not feel productive or like feel like it's pushing you towards your goals, but it is. And I I think we have so many voices out there telling us like, do more, do more, do more. You're not doing enough. And I want to just be a voice of reason that's like, Sometimes doing more is not the answer. And, you know, as coming from a place as a believer, you know, I believe in Jesus and that's a huge part of my journey. Um, My faith is incorporated into my life. Like one of the biggest lessons I feel like I'm constantly learning is like to be still, (laughs) be still and rest. You know, like as people, I've been reminded we are not human beings, our doings. We are human beings. We are not human doings. We are human beings. Sit with that for a minute. See that how that makes you feel. And it's important. Like we all need seasons of rest. And if you have big goals and big ambitions, I encourage you to hit pause and see like, what am I doing right now to actually help me get there? And is this actually hurting me? And for some of you, like hitting pause and taking rest may be the best thing we can do. And I I see it time and time again, that athletes literally give up the sport because 
They're afraid to rest because they're burnt out. Their bodies are done. When in reality, it's just like, take time to heal and then you can come back. Like, just take time to heal. Now, I would encourage you not to do that by the time you're, you know, do that before you're 60. Like, don't wait till 60 to be like, oh, I'm finally going to heal and rest and actually let my body, because your body's probably going to be struggling by that point. But, you know, even if you're 60 and you're just like, oh, I just need to rest, give yourself permission to rest and heal and take care of yourself. Um, There is no need to keep pushing our bodies till they break. Like that's just not helpful. And, and coming from a position of where I pushed my body so far and I saw how bad it hurts and how much it's taken to get back to where I want to be. I wish I would have hit pause a long time ago. I wish I would have just said, it's okay to rest right now. It's okay to just eat and it's okay to sleep and it's okay to focus on other things that running is not everything in life. And it's a huge part. And I, I mean, for me, it's huge. I love it. It's my passion. And I still want to make it to the Olympics one day. And some people hearing that were like, Joe, whatever, but dude, I believe it. I believe it can happen (laughs) and I'm going to work to get there. Um, but it may not be in the timeline I expected and that's okay. And so if you, you know, need the reminder, if you need someone to tell you and give you permission to say like rest, I'm telling you right now, rest. (laughs) It's beautiful. And um, I really hope that conversations like these and talks like these can be pivotal into this movement of realizing like your health is way more important than your performance, but also you better realize your health impacts your performance as well. So if you're not taking care of yourself and you're not actually letting your body heal, your performance is going to suffer. Like you're never going to reach your full potential if you're constantly just tired and you're constantly fatigued. And, um, I see that with so many athletes. They're like, I'm so fatigued and I don't know why. (laughs) And the honest truth is it's like, well, your body probably just needs rest. You just need to rest and recover. You need to take time off. Like you just need to give your body the opportunity to actually heal itself. And it may not come in the timeline you want. It may not be as quick as you want. I think so many of us want to just, you know, snap our fingers and boom, we're back to normal. But especially if this is stuff that you've been struggling with for years, it's going to take time. It just does. Our bodies are not magic. (laughs) They, they are machines that require work and maintenance and care. And it's like an old car, like, right. You drive that old car into the ground without regular maintenance and you better believe it's going to be a lot harder to bring it back. If you've just like beaten it up and spit it out, you know, like, But if you take time to regularly rest and heal and like keep it in good shape, that thing can last for a really long time. Your body can do the same. And sometimes that means you actually need to take some time to actually let it heal. And maybe it's longer than you want. Maybe it needs, your body needs extra work than someone else's and that's okay. Um, That does not mean you are discounted or that does not mean your dreams are let go of. That does not mean your world's over and crashing. It just means you're giving yourself permission to heal so that you can thrive. And that's a huge message I share with my clients. It's just like, you were made to thrive. And sometimes thriving means we have to reset. Sometimes that means we have to prioritize other things. And, you know, I'm a huge, huge um, advocate for balance, but also realize like your life will never be completely balanced. But I can tell you this. If it's ever just one thing that's taking over, 
your life is not going to be thriving. <laughs> like if there's ever just one part of your life that's just trumping at all, you know, at all times, like, okay, you're going to struggle and you're going to have to hit pause and reevaluate. Like the thing is, you know, for me right now, motherhood is the primary thing, but that does not mean my relationship with my husband is out. That does not mean friends are out. That does not mean my health is out. That doesn't mean I can't be active. But those, you know, like if you think of it as a pie chart, you know, those things shift with time and they change. Like how much time am I spending towards this? What about this? And they will shift. But realize if there's ever something completely taking over that whole pie chart, they're going to be issues. And so remember that your whole health matters and that if you're neglecting something and especially like completely neglecting something, um, like your hormones or your physical health, your mental health, your relational health, whatever it may be, if something's being completely neglected, it's going to be hard and you're going to have to take time to like reset some of those balances again. Again, that does not mean life is ever like fully, oh, here's my pie chart. And it's like, everything's equally divided. No, that's not how life works. Sorry. <laughs> but you do need other things in your life to provide that balance. And like, again, for me right now, rest is a huge one. Like rest is a huge part of just me healing and recovering and taking care of my baby and investing in my marriage and investing in my business, like taking a rest to heal. And like my body function has been a huge part of my story right now. But that doesn't ever mean that, that doesn't mean that running has to stay like the tiny little sliver forever. <laughs> like eventually it will come back. And at times, you know, if I'm competing towards the Olympics, it'll probably be a big, pretty big chunk. But that also doesn't mean my other responsibilities and the other parts of me that are important also get thrown to the wayside. Um, if that makes sense, like you matter and all parts of you matter. And that's super important to your health. And, um, Remember that at times those parts need to shift. So your priorities need to shift with where you're at in life and also what's most important in that moment to help you thrive and not just be in survival mode. Um, yeah, so that's kind of just my spiel um, and a little bit of why, you know, I'm taking a basically three and a half year sabbatical from competing and why I'm okay with it. And it doesn't mean I don't miss running. It doesn't mean I'm not eager to get out there and compete again. Um, I think some people have been like, oh, Joe, so are you done with running? I'm not done with running. I'm not. I'm very excited um, to get out and compete. And I expect, at least hope, as long as my body is healthy, that's first. <laughs> um, as long as my body is healthy, I do plan to compete in the next Olympic trials to get an OTQ. I am not saying this in a conceited cocky way, but I believe it can happen um, as long as I'm smart and I take care of myself. Um, but also realizing like I can have all the plans I want, but there's grace and room to be like, that may not happen. And that's okay. But that does not mean they won't ever happen. So if you're out there and you needed to hear this, I hope it helped. Just remember like you are important. Your health is important. Healing and rest, recovery are important. And it, just because you're taking time to heal yourself now and like hit pause on some dreams doesn't mean those dreams can't happen in the future. Um, but remember, like all aspects of you matter. And, you know, I, I hope this also, if someone needs to hear this, share it, you know, like someone, you know, that's like out there struggling and driving themselves into the ground, 
you know, feel free to share this and remind them like, hey, it's okay. Like you can take a break. There's permission. There's permission to take a break. Um, and again, that does not mean not now does not mean not ever. So I hope that's encouraging to you for those of you out, out there who are struggling with injury right now. That's how I feel. <laughs> um, I've just come back from like hormonal injury and burnout. But some of you have coming back. I know I have athletes that I personally coach that are struggling with injury right now. And it's been a long, arduous journey. And it feels really discouraging. But if anything, know that healing yourself and taking time to do that is the most important thing you can be doing now. Think big picture. like Because if you don't take time to heal now, there will be a point in your life um, where you'll be forced to do it. And that force may mean you have to give up um, what you love. And you don't want that, you know, like what's the fun in that if you have to totally give up the things you love. So friends, thanks for listening. And I hope this was encouraging for you. I hope you don't feel like I just preached at you, (laughs) Um, but just a little bit more of like my story and where I'm at and how I believe in the power of rest. And I hope that you find the power to rest. If you are interested in any more of this, feel free to head over, um, to thriveperformance.com. That performance is with the number four, not F-O-R, for more information about Thrive and also for more information about the podcast. Uh, We're hoping to have some really awesome guests this coming spring. So I hope you tune in and listen. Um, And thanks again. It's been so fun to chat and I can't wait for more. 